0: Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. With 150 years of experience of providing support for people with sight loss, RNIB residential care homes have been designed to make life easy in a warm, homely and friendly environment. One such care home is Wavertree House. And joining me now to tell us more is Carol Porter, Manager of Wavertree. Carol, thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio today. Now, tell us a bit about Wavertree House. What is it you guys do? We
1: are a residential care home. We're in Hove, um, not very far away from the seafront. We've got capacity for 36 blind and partially sighted residents, who've also got other issues, so it could be physical disabilities. Some people have got a little bit of dementia. And what we provide is quality support and care. We encourage a relaxed and homely atmosphere, so it's very kind of, it's their home. We try to maintain independence as much as we can. We provide activities, and they're all activities that are built around sight loss and and making sure that people can do things. So giant scrabbles, giant playing cards, our activities out in the community are to sensory places. So garden centres um, down the seafront to smell the breeze coming off the water, um, you know, gardening, herb growing, all that sort of stuff. So we just try to keep them as involved as we can They've got beautiful rooms, they're like little studios, so they've got a kitchen if they want to cook, they've got a separate bathroom and then they've got their little bed sitting room, and they're very welcome to bring their own furniture in and make it look as homely as they want to. So really, that's us.
0: You know, it sounds lovely. You know, lovely isn't a word that you would usually associate with the thought of of going into a care home because obviously it's a very difficult decision for an individual or a family to put their loved one in a care home. But I suppose if you were blind or partially sighted with additional needs, then it must be a really, really daunting thought to actually go into a care home that isn't specifically designed for blind and partially sighted people. Is this part of the criteria? I mean, obviously, it's run by RNIB. So do you have to have a a visual impairment?
1: Yes, you do. And the the home is very much geared toward blind and partially sighted people. So everything is colour coordinated from the lift into the dining rooms. You've got your bobble flooring so you know where you are. You've got handrails everywhere. We have the tablecloths Just a simple thing like a navy blue tablecloth with a white plate so that people can distinguish what's there. Staff are all trained, so you won't just get your dinner put in front of you and you don't know what you're doing. You'll be told, you know, your meat's at 12 o'clock, your vegetables are at 3. It is all geared up towards blind and partially sighted people
0: which is an incredible service, it really is. I'd imagine, though, it must be quite frustrating because not everybody who is blind or partially sighted, maybe has a secondary disability, is is going to be able to get in to a home like Wavertree. I'd imagine there's quite a lot of people maybe on a waiting list.
1: We do have a waiting list. You can be blind or you can be partially sighted to come into the home. You don't have to have an additional ailment. It's just that most of the residents that we've got at the moment have got you know, additional physical disabilities, be it having to use a wheelchair or problems with diabetes, all that sort of age-related stuff. They're the kind of people that we take that can't manage outside on their own.
0: You know, I have been into care homes before, Carol, and I look at the staff there and the people that I've personally dealt with. Honestly, you guys are, are like angels. You really are. I mean, from what I've witnessed, it's an absolutely incredible service. And I think for many blind people to know that that facility is a potential for them should they need it in the future. It's so important, is it? It's so important that there is something like this. It-
1: because in the case of the lady that I went to visit last week this lady had carers going in four times a day they had no training around sight loss they were pretty hit and miss about when they went in they didn't contact her to tell her that they wouldn't be in they just left her there so she wouldn't get any dinner so for those sort of people where staying out in the community hasn't worked, this is like the next step for them. And we're here, we feed them, we keep them warm, we keep them occupied. And, you know, to some of them, it's been a real lifeline.
0: I can only imagine. I mean, let's talk about this particular lady because she was in a very, very sorry state. And I know that you have received so many internal, you know, within RNIB messages of of support for the work that you've done. And it really affected you, didn't it? Because this lady has diabetes. As you say, she was very uncared for. She virtually had nobody and she wasn't in a good way, was she? Can you tell us a bit about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was contacted by a social worker who asked me if I could go and assess this lady. She gave me a bit of information. I drove up there and pulled up outside this very scruffy-looking house, met the care manager. We went in and the smell just hit you. It was just the smell of stale, empty, neglected, everything, clothes, And then I walked into the lounge to find this lady who was totally blind, an amputee sitting in the middle of a huge great big room with just a little table in front of her and an empty bowl. And I introduced myself and told her what I was there for, and she sounded really dry, so I went out, made her a cup of tea. She hadn't had one since 7 o'clock. This was half past ten, eleven o'clock in the morning. Apparently this little bowl was there because that's what she gets her breakfast in. It didn't look as if anything had been in there all day. She went on to tell me that she was a diabetic and that, It was her own fault that she'd gone blind and lost her leg because she didn't do as she was told. Um, I almost cried. I looked at the care manager. She was almost crying. I went through the assessment form with her, which isn't too taxing, but I just need to know that if I do bring her down, I can look after her and so can my staff and we can keep her safe. When we finished it, she said, did I pass? And I said, oh, it's not about passing, you know. Um, I just need to ask my staff if they can look after you because they do the caring. But I will get back to you um, that afternoon and I will let you know. And she was crying and she said, oh, it sounds so lovely and I really wish I was there. You know, the lump was getting bigger in my throat and I just thought I'm not going to be able to talk to you anymore in a minute. Anyway, we said our goodbyes and went out and me and the care managers just stood there and just kind of had a little grizzle. And then I drove back to Brighton. I've spoken to the care team. They're very happy. So hopefully we've changed somebody's life.
0: Oh, my goodness. I mean, honestly, I'm welling up at the thought of this. You know, I'm diabetic myself. I lost my sight due to diabetes. I know the risk of amputation. And, you know, one of my biggest fears, Carol, is ending up alone, an amputee, blind, and, yeah. and having nobody to care for me. So I'm sure that must be so many people in my situation's fear for the future. So to know that you have changed this lady's life is just so uplifting and must make you guys feel so good as well.
1: Yeah, it kind of makes us feel as if, you know, we're making a bit of a difference here. Um, It's just a shame that we can't just get out there and reach everybody else that needs it, because we know they're out there. So Wavertree will just keep plugging on. I'm sure the other care homes that we've got, they'll keep plugging on as well. And if R and I B. had like to build me a nice extension, I'd probably be able to fill it again for them.
0: <laughs> well, do you know, these things cost a lot of money, Absolutely. Carol. Obviously, we have people listening that this might just strike a chord with. Maybe they've got family, relatives, maybe it's them that they're thinking about their future. So yeah. if anybody wants to find out more about Wavertree or how they can donate or how they can help, because I know you rely on volunteers as well, what is the best way to do so?
1: They can call the RNIB helpline. They're there. They will guide them in the right direction. If anybody wants to make any specific inquiries about Wavertree House, they can always phone me. I'm here all the time. Um, I'm really happy to post out brochures, etc. Or if you look on the website, all of the care homes that RNIB have got are on the RNIB website and it's fairly easy to navigate round.
0: Well, if anybody does want to get in contact with Carol or indeed RNIB, the best place to go, as Carol said, is the helpline, which is 0303 123 9999 or take a look at RNIB's fully accessible website, rnib.org.uk. Carol, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for sharing that wonderful story with us and the very best of luck with the future thank for Waverley Tree House Yes,
1: yeah, thank you very much It was lovely to
0: talk to you For more downloads like these visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts For more downloads like these visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts